I guess we'll just go. I don't know what to do. Welcome back to Zero Credits. Well, that's a lie. Uh, because if we all know Zero Credits is the show with Henry and John where they come at you to talk about things and discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. However, uh, tonight uh, there is no John and there is no guest and it's just me. And as you know, uh, when either John or myself have to step away from the podcast and there's only one of us there, uh, we do a little thing called Less Than Zero. So welcome to Less Than Zero Six, uh, Oops All Henry, to the sequel to the original, uh, the first time in two years that this has happened, it actually happened uh, March 6, 2020. I was on my own, and uh, now it's happening again. Again in March, two years later, a whole pandemic between us. Uh, So as you guys who have been listening recently know, uh, I don't drink during the week. I don't drink any alcoholic drinks, but we always talk about what we're drinking on the show. It's been really boring for me for the past couple of months because I've just been drinking Coke Zero. Cook zero sugar. There was some talk of like putting some mocktails out there, making some mocktails or something during a dry January. Did never did that. I never did that because uh, I didn't see the point. People already make drinks that are non-alcoholic that you can buy in the store. They come in little handy containers. They come in little cans or bottles, and you can just pick one up from the store and drink it. You don't have to mix it. You don't have to worry about ratios. You don't have to get any glasses dirty you just drink from a can and then put it in the recycling so uh, tonight i'm drinking uh coke zero sugar and i've just spilled it all over my arm and uh shirt because uh i'm nervous about doing this alone for the first time in two years i i so tonight what are we going to do tonight what are we going to do on this less than zeros uh less than zero six the sixth edition of us doing this i don't know there's a lot we could talk about there's a lot that has happened uh but i didn't really have a plan for this we're in a really weird time of the year a lot of stuff has happened uh john's personal life i can't get into but he's going through a lot of changes right now uh and it's not my place to talk about him but he's in a he's in a different place right now it's in a strange place a weird place if you will so he's not going to be here, but let's all give our well wishes to him, wherever he is. I'm sure they'll track him down someday. Uh, but yeah, there a lot has happened in the past week. Not anything important, mind you, but the Oscars did happen this past weekend. And oh boy, howdy. 
boy, howdy, were those Oscars just kind of crazy all over the place. A little crazy. A lot of people were critiquing the Oscars themselves. And, you know, we all know that's kind of a losing battle. Because the Oscars suck. And they have sucked for a while. Uh, The last good Oscars was when Parasite swept everything and changed the game forever. But this past this past Oscars was pretty run of the mill. I had some bits planned if I had could could scrounge up a co-host, but uh, I couldn't. Uh, there was nobody. Man, yeah. It, it, last minute notice on a random Tuesday in March, I couldn't scrounge up a co-host. So you will not get any of my bits unless. No, I'm not going to act out the bits. There were some funny moments in my head. They probably wouldn't have played out. So, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about the Oscars? Probably. We might. We can talk a lot about Elden Ring. We can, we can, you can hear some of my unanswered thoughts about Elden Ring. A game that I've been playing so often and so thoroughly that I dream about it most nights. Uh, and I still haven't beaten. I've gotten maybe to the halfway point. I've gotten to a point where uh, the the world got larger yet again after getting larger two times before. It just seems like there's a lot I don't know about the game, and that's fascinating considering I put over like 40 hours into it. 40 hours? 40 hours is the standard length of some video games, and this one just keeps going. It just keeps going. I wanted to explore every inch of this game until I can wear it like a jacket and find comfort in it forever. Cause it's super interesting. But so maybe we'll talk about Elden Ring. We're definitely going to talk about the Oscars. Maybe we'll dive into some Elden Ring. I know it's not the most exciting thing. And then who knows? That's really the only two things I have to even consider talking about. And this, what is surely going to be the best episode of this podcast anyone has ever produced. There's something wrong with my ear. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a headset for some reason. There's nobody in my cans. There's nobody in my ears right now. I'm not going to hear anybody. And yet I'm still wearing the headset. That's kind of funny. I guess that's just habit. Right. Okay, so the Oscars. Oscars were weird. No way, no two ways about it. There are a lot of movies I didn't see this year. Um, mainly because there were a lot of movies that felt like they didn't even go to the theater. Like uh, Coda, which it won Best Picture and Best Supporting Actor and one other award I can't remember. Uh, but Coda, I don't remember ever seeing a trailer for. I don't remember seeing posters for it. I, I don't. Was it ever in theaters wide release? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Apparently, Apple TV paid for it, so maybe they did that thing where they made a movie, released it in just whatever theaters they needed to be considered for the uh, what do they call those? The Oscars. And uh, they went from there. But apparently it's very good. And I actually I want to see it now uh, because the story seems fascinating. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Coda is about something to do with uh, the deaf community and 
the struggles of a deaf family uh, with a hearing child. That's all I know about it. It's pretty cool. Uh, so Power of the Dog, as you might recall, was nominated for like 11 awards. I think it won maybe two. I think it won like adapted screenplay or something. And then a uh, best director. Yeah, but two out of 11 awards. To me, that's like eh, snooze fest. Kind of a snooze fest. Maybe it didn't win. Maybe it only won one award. I don't remember. I don't know if I ever need to see Power of the Dog. Apparently, there are a lot of jokes about how long it is, but then it turns out like it is shorter than seven other of the Best Picture nominees, so it wasn't that long. Uh, but I don't. Who's got time? Who has time to watch Benedict Cumberbatch and a dog? There's no dog in the film, I'm guessing, because I don't know. It's a western. Were there dogs in the West? I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, probably not going to see that one. Uh, what else am I not going to see of all the movies mentioned? Dune won a couple of behind-the-scenes awards, which is pretty cool. I'm behind, behind the camera, so to speak. Uh, cinematography, editing, uh, some visual effects, some sound design. You know, all the really cool sci-fi awards went to, went to Dune, uh, which is pretty great. It's, it's not undeserved. It is a visual spectacle. Uh, but no, apparently, Mr. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Mr. Um, Vinny de Benvenu, his, his name is Denis, Denis Bellevenu, <laughs> uh, he didn't get Best Director, so, you know, even though he got the most awards of the night, the, the film got the most awards of the night, not, not good enough to be Best Director, sorry, Mr. Denis. Maybe next time with Dune Part 2, I don't know. Uh, Spider-Man didn't want anything, which was a tra- travesty. Uh, they re the Academy has this really dumb take about animation that I see parroted about the internet, which is really cool to see. Uh, but in, in a time when animators and storytellers are, are pushing the medium of animation to be more than just for kids, uh, the Academy decides to write a script that looks right dead eye into the camera and say animation is for children. And that's just not okay. There are a lot of good animated films that would go over a child's head. Uh, that um, There was a, an international film by the name of flea that was animated that was nominated twice, one for best animated picture and then one for best international uh, foreign film or foreign feature. And uh, for that to be nominated uh, for for that category, you have to kind of you're admitting that maybe animation's not just for children, but at the same time, you're looking dead eye in the camera and you're saying, "Hey, animation is for kids, and we only know these movies because our children watched them a billion times on repeat." Just a bad take overall. Especially in recent years, uh, like Mitchell's, the, the Mitchell's versus the Machines, very much for an older kind of child, uh, one that is trying to find themselves in the weird in between, uh, between like high school and college. So you know the young adult types, the uh, the types that are 
trying to find their way who aren't gonna, you know, how are you gonna give Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which features things like loss and grief and death and dealing with responsibilities, all themes that are way more adult than what you're saying, way more adult than this is just for kids one year. And then say that a couple of years later, it just, it, it's the, the, the notion that animation is for children is so stupid. Plain and simple animation can be a beautiful, beautiful medium. It's not a genre. It's a medium. I think that's the point that animators are trying to make right now. Uh, so I agree wholeheartedly. I apologize for any weird breaks. I think I discussed this last time. There's no good time for me to drink if I'm going to be the only one talking this entire time. Uh, other weird Oscar stuff. I think the host, having three hosts was pretty neat because uh, it wasn't all on the burden of one person. You could do a range of different jokes that you couldn't do if it was just one host from one perspective. Uh, and, you know, you got to play a little bit. They got to play a little bit with the uh, the hot button com- comedic topics of our current time. Uh, you know, the, 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 the tired stuff. But it's better to have a panel of comedians poke fun at it than just one person. So Amy Schumer, uh, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes did a, a pretty good job. I think Wanda Sykes is more comfortable in like a recorded sort of setting. Uh, she seemed a little uneasy, but that could be me reading too much into things. And uh, who, who, I mean, if I was up there, I'd be uneasy too. So, I mean, I'm not trying to critique. I think the host did a pretty okay job. There's some good bits in there. Um, I don't know. No opening number, which is a tragedy, I think. Uh, the opening number for the Oscars should be good. Like, you should have something grand to kick it off. I guess it's like, oh, it's a three-hour event. We don't need to really begin with anything. We're just going to begin begin with one of the songs nominated uh, for Best Original Song, sung by Beyonce. So, I mean, it is like a high point. But I, I always think about the uh, the Hugh Jackman hosted Oscars. I don't remember the year where he does song and dance numbers celebrating most of the best pictures by sort of low budgetly recreating sets and costumes and singing about them. Like that's the high point for me, celebrating the movies uh, by poking fun at them and song and dance. Like that's that's what you want out of a out of an opening number. Or, or an opening at all. And then you can do your, your monologue if you really want. If you're a comedian type, you can still do a monologue after that. We're setting, we're going to sit in. You know, we're, we're getting comfortable for a three-hour event anyway. So, like, just milk it, you know? Anyway, all of this aside, there was a really hot button issue, uh, a really crazy thing that happened at the Oscars that you're probably already well aware of, and you're waiting for me to get to this entire time, and you're well within your right to uh, be mad at me for delaying and delaying about all this other stuff. I just, I don't want some of these things to be cast aside and, and left 
on the side of the road in the wake of what happened. Because, uh, you know, some of these are pretty important. I don't know. There, there are issues that are going to persist, like the animation thing. That's going to be an ongoing battle for the next 25,000 years until we tr- transcend our earthly bodies and our need for animation into a, a, a being of pure energy that no longer watches movies. You know, things like that. But yeah, so the main event of the night, the big thing, uh, comedian Chris Rock uh, and just came up and did what all comedians do, riff a couple of jokes based on who he sees, just making making some lighthearted jokes uh, before he uh, was set to introduce the documentary short film category. I think that's what it was. Uh, but yeah, you're a comedian. You're going to riff. You know, you're going to do a couple of jokes. That's kind of what people expect from you. You know, you're going to do a couple of jokes. So he did a, a joke about how both Javier Bardem and his wife, uh, he never said the wife's name, but it looked like Selma Hayek. Am I insane? Uh, let's just, is it Selma Hayek? Is she married to Javier Bardem? No, I'm completely wrong. Oh, God. Okay. So who's Javier Bardem's wife? Penelope Cruz. Oh, wow. That's terrible of me. Yeah. Apologies to Penelope Cruz. But Chris Rock, to, to his discredit, never said Penelope Cruz. You would think she's also famous in her own right. And yet in that moment, she was just Javier Bardem's wife. And that's a little egregious but they were both nominated he made a joke about like if she loses he can't win because uh, i guess you know wives complain that's the joke wives can't find happiness in their husband's success <laughs> very funny very funny joke. But see, that's the caliber of jokes he was spit-firing at a rapid pace. Just kind of like, boom, boom. These are the thoughts off the top of my head, and I'm a comedian. So therefore, this is how I this is how I <laughs> this is how I afford my house. This is how I make my house hot. Yeah. And so there was he he was just continuing on this rapid pace, and he he noticed. Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith, the, the couple, literally in the front row, because uh, Will Smith was nominated for Best Actor, and they, they like to put the prominent, the big award people in the middle, the people who they can cut to for reactions, as they did the entire night. Will Smith's face and reaction to jokes was there throughout the night, before and after the incident. Um, so of course, like he's in the front row. It's kind of like. If you're at the front row of the Oscars, you're going to get joked about. Even if it's just like a, you know, so-and-so is here tonight, throwaway joke. Like that, the classic MC kind of joke, you know. And so Chris Rock, he made a joke about, not Will Smith, uh, but Will Smith's wife, Jada Pickett-Smith, about her haircut. 
um, her hair style, her hair or lack thereof. Uh, just uh, <laughs> Jada, good to see you. Uh, can't wait to see you in GI Jane two. Uh, and this is where we pause for context. Have, let's decide. Let's dissect this joke. GI Jane, a movie from the nineteen ninety seven. Is Jada Pickett Smith in it? No, that is not the relevant context. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. It turns out the movie has nothing to do with anything about the people the joke was made about. Uh, but in the film, just so you know, Demi Moore as Jordan O'Neill shaves her head to join the Marines. That's so she shaved her head to join the Marines. I guess that's that. That was the connection. Jada Pickett Smith shaved head. Um. That was the connection he was drawing, and, and I'm, this, these aren't facts. This is what this is. What, I'm tr- jumping into Chris Rock's head for a second. He saw Jada Pickett Smith, what he assumed to be a shaved head, drew the connection to GI Jane two or GI Jane. Uh, why he was thinking of GI Jane, I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, the reality of the situation is Jada Pickett Smith, not a shaved head, a medical condition called alopecia. Oh, which uh, you're hairless. You, you can't grow. Your your hair doesn't grow anymore. So not a choice by Jada Pickett-Smith. Uh, and so that was uh, the, the, dude, the cut to reaction. If you make a joke about somebody at an award show, the camera's going to cut to them for their reaction. And there's a number of ways you can play this as a person who was just joked about. Uh, you do the big laugh that shows I acknowledge that I'm being joked about and I am in good spirits, so uh, I'm going to laugh. Uh, you do the kind of like smirk wave, which is kind of like, hmm, you, you missed, but I'm still a good sport. Uh, and you you can do, this is allowed, uh, the rolling of the eyes in disgust because it's, it, it's still, it, if you play it up and over-exaggerate it, or even if you don't, even if it's, like just a normal reaction, people are gonna laugh because it's the setting. The settings, it kind of sets up this give and take. So uh, Chris Rock, you know, gives a joke, you take it. Your reaction is is playing and direct response to the joke. All of it is seen by the audience as part of the spectacle because there's no option, you know. You could... I've, I've never seen it done, but I guess you could just deadpan and not interact and then cut away. You could do that. Uh, so what did they do in this instance? We got two people. We got two different reactions. Uh, Chris Rock says his, his joke, G.I. Jane 2, uh, cut to the couple. Will Smith, big laugh. Big laugh. He's, he's choosing like, hey, you're a comedian. He made a joke. Big laugh. He might have found it funny. Don't know. Uh, Jada Pickett-Smith does the eye roll in disgust. And, and so at this moment, from that clip, because we then cut away back to Chris Rock. He's, he, he's the presenter. He's going to be the one to speak next. He's got the mic. They don't have mics. So the camera cuts back to the center of attention, Chris Rock. Uh, we don't get to see what happens after the camera cuts away. But in that moment, Will Smith, big laugh, Jada Pickett-Smith, Eyes rolling in disgust. It all seems fine. It seems like we're playing within the rules of the setting. 
This is where it gets fascinating, folks. And I know no one asks for a play-by-play of this, but we're getting it. Chris Rock tries to move on. That was going to be his last joke because his eyes go forward back to presumably where the teleprompter is. And he's uh, he he's actually starts – I'm doing all this by memory, <laughs> from memory, by the way. He actually starts reading the documentary intro, like the intro for the documentaries. And you can see – if you track his eyes, you can see he breaks focus from the teleprompter to see somebody, you know – it's a close up on him, so we don't see Will get out of his seat and walk up the stage. You don't see that, but you can track his his uh, Chris Rock's eyes. He clocks Will Smith getting up and walking to him, and he's like, he even says, like, "Oh, oh no, like an oh no, like oh now I've done it." Kind of like, okay, this wasn't scripted, but maybe we're gonna get a funny moment, or th- th- I'm now we got to read body language, Chris Rock. Uh, leans forward. He, he's leaning forward. His his mouth, is, you know, his head's kind of to the side, like he's about to whisper to Will, like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Or like he thinks Will's about to speak, so he's bending an ear, kind of literally. And this, and then Will Smith, he raises a hand and slaps Chris Rock across the face. And when it happened, when we saw this, because I watched this live this year, because we had nothing better to do, when this happened, what I, all I could think was that was a really good stage slap, because it was over dramatized. The movement of Will Smith's hand across Chris Rock's body—that that movement—and Chris Rock's reaction. It looks so lifelike. I'm like, wow, they even did like the clap. Like, cause you learn how to, how to fake a, a slap. It's like, this is a, what a bit they're doing. And then Will Smith just removes himself from the stage and Chris Rock starts saying something. And I live in America, the land of the five second delay. Uh, all live events are, are broadcast in a five-second delay so that if anything happens, the people in the control room can cut the audio or cut the feed before it reaches our televisions in order to prevent fines from the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. So the audio was cut. And not in the usual, like, cut just the curse word. Everything was cut for the next, I want to say, 10 seconds. So Chris Rock, his reaction was cut, uh, just silence. Then the camera cuts back to Will Smith, who is yelling something. You can see the word fucking, if you know what that looks like when people are saying it. And then we cut back to Chris Rock who then proceeds to stammer through the introduction for the documentary short, short order. What is it called? Short subject, something like that. And where I knew it wasn't a bit uh, was when Chris Rock couldn't get it together to deliver uh, the, the, um, the, the preamble into the nominees, he just, he, he was, 
He couldn't pull himself together to do that. And he couldn't just read the words. It was crazy. It was crazy. Now, if you are a member of the internet, uh, you could go online because uh, other countries do not have as strict regulations for live broadcasts as the U.S. does, uh, for better or worse. And so the U.K., Australia, and Japan all had the unedited footage of uh, the, the, this, this slap incident. And uh, uh, so what Chris Rock said was, uh, damn, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. And he tried to continue, and Will Smith starts yelling from his seat, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And he says that twice, and Chris Rock says, don't worry, I will. And then he starts to say, even though I got like 8 to 10, and, and he cuts himself off. He doesn't say it. He, he <laughs> ooh, crazy moment. So that, that's the play-by-play. Uh, Chris Rock makes a joke about Will Smith's wife, uh, pre- tries to continue on to do the preamble for the, the documentary short whatever. I can't remember it right now. Uh, and then Will Smith charges the stage, slaps him across the face, and retakes his seat. Crazy. A crazy occurrence um, made even crazier uh, by the fact that nothing was really done about it. We, we watched an assault happen on, on live television in front of the Hollywood elite and whoever else was watching at home, maybe across 10 million whatever, 10 million people, at least a million people saw an assault and nothing happened. Nobody came to talk to Will that we saw at home. Uh, I learned later that during a commercial break, Denzel Washington went over to talk to Will and Jada. I think Samuel L. Jackson did as well. And of course, Will's publicist uh, visited during that break as well. Uh, But no authority figures broke out onto the scene to, to do anything about this. Uh, presumably because what authority figures are there? I, I think there's an understanding that if you're going to this award ceremony, you're going to be on your best behavior. I mean, after all, it's already sort of a thin ice kind of thing. Cause it's, you know, some of the most richest people in, in the nation giving themselves awards. So it's like, why draw spectacle onto ourselves? when we're already doing something that's kind of uh, flying in the face of the common man anyway. And then Will Smith wins for Best Actor. He wins his first Oscar of his career. What should have been the biggest night of his life is underscored by an act of violence brought on by a moment of confusion and rage. Now, as somebody who has struggled with anger before in his life, I kind of knew what Will Smith was going through. You know, not exactly. I've never won an Oscar uh, for Best Actor right after assaulting Chris Rock. Um, But I have 
gotten I, I've had lost my temper before and then something good happens later on at that same event and you can't help but feel that you've ruined it. Losing your anger or your temper and acting on that anger is usually something you can't take back. Uh, it's like breaking glass. You, you can get the shards back together, but without heat, it'll never be that, that same pane of glass again. So... I wasn't surprised when Will started crying during his acceptance speech because he, he's going through a lot of emotions right there. And I think a lot of that crying is true sadness that he marred the biggest night of his career with a, a pointless, a senseless act of violence like that. And you can talk about who's in the wrong and who's in the right and Frankly, I don't care about that conversation all that much um, because I think there's no winners there. You know, should a comedian be able to say any joke they want? Yeah, sure, maybe. Uh, but maybe we we move away from the insult comedy of the 90s that we've already sort of evolved past anyway. Uh, I, I get the point where we should be we should have thick enough skin as public figures that we shouldn't let jokes get to us. But the old adage that you never really know what someone else is going through is always true. You never know what kind of day someone is having. Like if you, if you're having a really bad day and you go to a comedy club and then a comedian starts making fun of you as part of their act, the comedian ostensibly was supposed to make you feel better and then they, they've made you feel worse. It might be time to retire insult comedy or, or comedy at other people's expenses. You know? Because we never know. You never know. If you're going to make fun of somebody's physical appearance, you have no idea what they're going through. You don't know. You have no idea where their scars come from. So why risk it? Why risk offending a part of your audience? And I know there are people out there. It's like, oh, people are so sensitive. You can't do comedy anymore. Well, look what happens when you do. Look what happens when you do do comedy. You get slapped in the face on national television in front of a thousand billion people. So instead of doing that, maybe make fun of their body of work. That could be fun. Because, hey, it's work. Someone makes a bad movie, you can call them out on it. The Razzies do. The Razzies just gave LeBron James uh, an award, if you want to call it that, for his, his acting in Space Jam 2. So, I mean, you could do that. P m poke fun. Hold on. Got to look up Jada Pickett-Smith's body of work. Uh, is this... Am I even going to be able to... Oh, it's Pinkett. Oh, my God. I've been saying the wrong name this whole time. So, you could make fun of... Uh, I don't know. Um, this is producer. Let's do actress. Uh, Magic Mike XXL. Madagascar 3. 
Madagascar at all. You could make fun of her. You were in Madagascar, Chris Rock. You could do that. Apparently, she was in the Matrix Revolutions. You can make fun of that. Like, if you're going to dip all the way back to 1994 to do a G.I. Jane joke, why not dip into 2004's Collateral? I don't know what that is. You can make fun of that, you know? Make fun of their work. Don't make fun of their, their person. Don't make fun of their appearance. Uh... So there's a lot of different sides, of course, to this this issue because it was, you know, nationally televised and uh, utterly shocking. And there are people who think that Will was in the wrong. There are people who think that Chris Rock was in the wrong. And those are the two camps and there's no other camps. Um, uh, I, for one, think they're both wrong. But I'm not winning any awards for that. Uh, but then there are the people who are drawing extrapolations like, oh, no, Will Smith just opened the door. Now, when anyone is offended by a comedian, people are going to charge the stage. That is uh, the, the belief of. Hold on, Kathy, Kathy Griffin was one of the first people who spoke out. She said, let me tell you something. It's a very bad practice to walk up on stage and physically assault a comedian. Now we all have to worry about who wants to be the next Will Smith in comedy clubs and theaters. And I guess there's some truth in that. But I think there's a major difference between Will Smith at the Academy Awards and drunk assholes in theaters and clubs. Because Will Smith knows nothing's going to happen to him. He's Will Smith. He's, he's famous enough that he knows he can slap Chris Rock and then, without further altercation, return to his seat. He didn't leave the theater. He didn't try to get away. He didn't look around for security to come escort him out of the building. He returned to his seat. Uh, drunk assholes and... And comedy clubs don't have the same sort of immunity. I don't know. So it could be a, a real fear. I don't know if it's warranted, but uh, other people uh, dogpiled on. Rob Schneider, one of Chris Rock's co-stars, uh, wrote, There's never an excuse for violence. Ever, 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 ever. Uh, Hal Sparks. So you're going to notice something about this list of comedians that I'm reading. Uh, none of them are relevant. But here we go. Comedian Hal Sparks also expressed concern that Smith's actions might have greenlit a lot of violence towards comedians. I mean, if this is your takeaway, I think it's the it's a bad take. <laughs> I think it's an extremely bad take. Seeing Will Smith's actions as opening a door for copycat things. I mean, assault is wrong. Absolutely, I don't think it's your number one worry. I don't think you. I don't think you have much to worry about. Because unlike with Will Smith, uh, the common person at these clubs and bars or whatever who would do assault, uh, they're going to go to jail. 
they're gonna get arrested or kicked out at at the very least. They're not gonna be able to do whatever they want, like Will Smith. So, okay, rest your pretty little heads, comedians. Um, you you really don't have anything to worry about, I don't think. Uh, but this uh, other comedians uh, raise a really good point in that Chris Rock uh, was hired to do a job, present that award. That award. Uh, so he was on the clock and he did his, his jokes. But after the altercation, just kept the absolute professionalism, like did not escalate, backed off. Did not tear into Will Smith, as comedians are wont to do. You know, I have a microphone, you have a beer, God has a plan, kind of thing. Like shutting down hecklers and other venues, comedians usually use their biting wit and sarcasm to eviscerate their opponents. Uh, in this case, Chris Rock. Try it was like, dude, it was a G.I. Jane joke. Wow. Really, dude? Really? Like, tried to downplay. Like, it wasn't a biting joke. It was a throwaway joke. Now made infamous by Will Smith's actions. And will probably always be remembered. Uh, but then he, you know, one, didn't fight back. Didn't try to escalate. And then dropped it and... And like continued with his job, which was to present the award and got off stage and presumably just, you know, left, left to cool off, left to his people who, uh, you know, talked him through it. He went to the after party, uh, Mr. Rock did, and that I applaud him for that because he did nothing wrong. I say he did nothing wrong. I mean, he might have made a joke that was out of line, but like. Again, you hired Chris Rock to present what you're a public figure. Like you got to expect a little bit of that, you know, like Ricky Gervais called everybody pedophiles one year at the, at the Golden Globes or whatever the fuck he hosted. Nobody got up and punched him or slapped him as much as I wanted to see it happen. It never did. People say crazy things online, you know. Every day, people are tearing apart Will Smith right now. Maybe not to his face. Yeah, I expect a little bit of that. I don't know. Anyway, some crazy shit for sure. And we'll be remembered. Like this is probably, you know, a thousand times bigger than the La La Land um, Moonlight fiasco a couple years ago i think it's called moonlight we gotta fact check ourselves yeah la la land moonlight fiasco a couple years ago and i'm sure this will be joked about next year it'll be great I mean, there's always a, a tradition for Best Actor, the winner of Best As Actor one year, uh, to present the award for Best Actress the next year. So, I mean, if they break with that tradition, that'll be a first. Not a first. I'm sure they've broken it before. But it would be a conscious decision. 
because they could easily just say, hey, it's tradition for this to happen. That's why he's back. Yeah. A little fun trivia about the slap. Uh, 53 seconds before it happened. Less than a minute before, uh, apparently Chris Rock on a stage said Macbeth in reference to uh, Denzel Washington's rendition of Macbeth, which I very much want to see. Looks pretty cool from the clips I saw. Uh, But yeah, it's bad luck to say the name of the Scottish play in a theater. And uh, look what happened. Look, proof positive. It's true. It's a curse. Don't say the name of the Scottish play in a theater. Will Smith will track you down and slap you in the face. That is the parameters of the curse. There are no other interpretations of that curse. It's bad luck because Will Smith will find you and slap you in the face in front of 10 million people. What other bad takes do I get? Um, so just a little funny other tidbits, random trivia. Uh, uh, Will Smith apparently had previously choked about Arsenio Hall's band member who had alopecia and lost his hair. Uh, and he said, it's just a joke, man. So that that's a fun tidbit. It, it's weird how sometimes themes come back to haunt people in their lives. We already covered the comedians who came to the rocks, the rock (laughs) came to Chris rocks defense. Um, That's fine. You know, let's just not hit people. Yeah. Let's just not hit people, you know? Uh, Funny. Another funny little bit of trip trivia to come out of this. um, Chris rocks comedy tour upcoming comedy tour sales ticket sales for that comedy tour soared after the event so he's going to get a little a little bit of a windfall out of that which is pretty cool for keeping his cool yeah uh Getting rid of that. What else we got? Um, okay. Apparently, Will Smith apologized. Uh, but it, after the fact. <laughs> well, I guess you can't apologize before the fact. I mean, he didn't apologize during his speech. He, he kind of doubled down during the speech about being... He, he called himself a vessel of love and how tough it was to fulfill the role that God has chosen for him, things like that. Uh, you know, being like King Richard art, imitating life, stuff like that. Just a lot of weird justification stuff that he never, you know, really said. I saw one tweet that was pretty cool. It's like, imagine if Will had done nothing, uh, stayed silent. And then when he won during his speech, explained that, Hey, my wife has a medical condition Mr. Chris Rock, why don't why don't you not punch down next time, huh? And that would have been cool. But we don't live in that universe. We live in a different universe where Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock on national television. International television. What am I saying? 
Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, at least for this week, we're going to be talking about that forever. And then uh, we're not going to hear it. We're not even going to remember it until next year at the Oscars. Somebody cracks a joke about it. I'm sure executives of the uh, the Oscars, those executive producers, will put a moratorium on those kind of jokes. But, you know, somebody's going to somebody's going to slip up and do a joke. If not anyone involved, then the people on Twitter and journalists will, because we're all just cyclical monsters who get stuck trying to search for patterns where there are none. Violence is wrong, y'all. Don't slap comedians. Be able to take a joke, but also don't joke about medical conditions. I mean, rules for both sides. Everybody gets rules. You can never react to a joke in violence. And you can never... Just don't make jokes about people's appearances. I think that's pretty easy to follow. And there, there are going to be people who come out of the woodwork and be like, well, if you draw a line about what we can't joke about, then they win. I don't know. Something like that. But it's like, well, no, maybe we should. Like, we have a social contract about, like, what you can and can't do to remain in society. Why, why not have a social contract about, hey, let's just not make fun of people's appearances. That's the one joke. I mean, <laughs> that's the one rule. The one rule. Don't make fun of people's appearances. Boom. Done. And that, but there will, people are going to want to add more. Well, you can't. Why can't you? Because I said so. And I'm the one making up this scenario. So, boom, done. Roasted. Get out of here. Now, of course, there are exceptions that prove every rule. So, uh, Comedy Central Roast or whatever the fuck those are called. Okay, you can make fun of people's appearances there. It's the one setting. Because if you go to a roast, no one's going to try to punch you in the face. Right? Like, that's the whole point. So save roast jokes for roasts. They cannot be said anywhere else. So I'm not, so then the rule isn't, isn't like, we're not limiting things. We're just limiting the venue. We're limiting the setting. You can still do roast jokes at at sanctioned roasts by whoever does that. It's the only place that you can do them. Anyway. All right, that's enough about that. That's enough about slaps, Oscars, Will Smith, phone buzzing, emails, board games. That's enough about all that. Let's talk about Elden Ring. I don't know if you guys know about this. This Elden Ring. Have you heard about this? Elden Ring. The new From Software game that's been out for like over a month now. Shit's good. It's a good game. It's a good game. I don't know. Maybe we wrap this up. Think I'm out of things to talk about. And I can't rely on John to 
come up with more things to talk about because he's not here. And I'm tired. So, yeah. And really, that was the only thing. Wait, was there more? Was there more things? Oh, very funny moment from the Oscars, of course. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't believe I almost forgot this. See? It, it buried things in my mind. There were more important moments. Uh, so there were two fan-voted-on categories at the Oscars. Not official awards in any capacity. Just like little poll things that they ran to, I guess, do an interactive component with the Oscars to try to appeal to the people. Uh, one of these was like the top five audience cheer moments in the theater or something like that. Um, and uh, I don't know. Some Marvel movies were on there. That was great. But the number one moment... The number one audience cheer moment, I think this is what it was, was the Flash entering the Speed Force and Zack Schneider's Justice League, which we talked about on this show for multiple hours, was a good scene. Absolutely. Made the movie worth watching. Made us mad that they cut it out of the original film because it was so good. Uh, But putting it... In front of the nation at the Oscars when you could have let more people have speeches, when you could have actually televised Samuel L. Jackson's Lifetime Achievement Oscar being presented by Denzel Washington, something people ostensibly would want to see for the storied career of Samuel L. Jackson. No. No. We're going to show The Flash. We're going to show a minute-long clip of The Flash entering the Speed Force, but we're going to cut it. We're going to cut that scene short before you see any of the cool stuff. Just brain-dead moves by whoever ran that poll, whoever decided to include that poll in the tonight's proceedings. And then there was a second one. I forget the name of the category. But the winner of that was Army of the Dead. uh, Another Zack Schneider film. And that was like a 30 second clip of a zombie running out of helicopter or something. And it was just like. So for one thing they did. I mean the Zack Schneider fan base is very passionate. And just flooded those polls uh, to, to rack up that rack up Zack Schneider's films as high as possible. So that's one thing. But then another thing is like, why even do this in the first place? What what was the point? Does the Oscars need an interactive online portion of the proceedings? Or don't, do you think we have enough stuff already? You know, that's the moment when like a, a, some poor social media manager that they pushed them. They're like, you got to come up with something to justify your job or else you're out on your ass. We're going to fire you. And uh, they were like, I don't know. Want a poll? I, I saw other social media people do polls. We could do a poll. Let's do a poll. And they're like, oh, you need something bigger. Two polls? Two polls is bigger than one. Do, can I keep my job? Well, only if there's good feedback on the night of. And, of course, the the Snyder boys came out and 
I don't know. I saw I saw a ton of tweets about that before everything became nothing but the slap uh, for the next 48 billion hours. Uh, but just a fun little moment. Zack Schneider got to be presented at the Oscars uh, through a fan poll because uh, there's, there's no way his films would get there otherwise because uh, the Academy doesn't appreciate uh, that type of filmmaking. All right. Finally, enough about the Oscars. That, that I'm, We'll move on. So Elden Ring. No, I got nothing. Yeah, I think I'm going to call it. Uh, so thanks for sticking with me and listening to my play-by-play recap, uh, as erroneous as it was, of the, the, the big event at the Oscars, along with some very half-thought-out uh, commentary to follow it. Uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, then stick around. John will be back at some point. Or maybe I'll be able to scrounge up a guest next time. I don't know. We'll try. It's a crazy time. Spring's very crazy. Everything's getting warmer and more chaotic. It's kind of like the Big Bang at the beginning of everything. Everything's densely hot and we're exploding out in every direction at once. Speaking of, go see everything everywhere all at once whenever it comes out in theaters. Because that looks like a crazy film. Just wanted to do that drop. And if you want to get in contact with me or John or anyone else at Zero Credits, please drop a line. Uh, You can reach us at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. That stands for Henry. Oh, that's me. Uh, That stands for Zoinks, because people could withhold justice. Uh, That's right. That's what that stands for. And if you want to send a longer thing, you can send us an email to email at zerocredits.net. We still own that domain for the meantime. And uh, our emails are set up to uh, get the email sent to that address. So please drop us a line there and we will be sure to get back to you. We're a number of uh, podcast services wherever you get your podcasts and things like that. If you could do us a huge favor and leave us a rating and a review on whatever app that you're choosing to listen to us on, that would be great. We would deeply appreciate that. And if you let us know, we might read your review live on air. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be a fun thing? Uh, Recently, we had a, a fun tweet interaction. Somebody rated our Jason speeding up Jason Bateman episode. Uh, somebody rated that five stars and that was pretty fun. Uh, I believe I can find out who that is. I just Googled the word tweet cause I'm looking for a tweet. Uh, that's where my brain is at right now, but let's see if we can find that tweet. I've been tweeting so much in the past few days. We might not be able to find it stalling for time. Um, 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 oh, I know what to do. We go to the mentions part. Tweets and replies? Is that our mentions? I don't know. Okay, never mind. We're not going to be able to find it. Oh, somebody did a really good thing and gave us a five-star review on one of our episodes, and we thank you for doing that. Thank you very much. I wish I could find your name. These are just my tweets or replies. These are not my mentions at all. I don't know how to find mentions. Oh, wait. Is that on TweetDeck, not Twitter? Let's find out. Let's find out. Oh, did they get rid of mentions? They might have gotten rid of mentions. 
notifications. We can find some notifications. Maybe. Wow, we get a lot of likes. Wow, I was doing so well making this pretty quick, and now, yep, here it is, Kelly Madden. At Kelly Madden eighty, a couple more five star listens on Good Pods, and mentioning ZCPC WHJ speeding up Jason Bateman. Thank you for doing that. We uh, enjoy that you did that, and that was great. Uh, shout outs to you, Kelly. Keep up the good work. Hope it's okay that we said your full name. It's your Twitter handle, so probably is fine. Uh, but the most important thing you can do is be like Kelly. Mention the podcast to someone else. Tweet about it. Tell somebody about it. Mention to your friends and family that you listen to this crazy podcast where a person by himself in a room talks to a microphone for an hour at a time, just rambling in a slow, matter-of-fact way that might suggest he has some problems. That would be cool if you mentioned to somebody that you listen to Zero Credits because then more people will listen to Zero Credits and we can do more cool things. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Uh, so tell John to get back on the podcast, and I'll tell you, uh, everyone from everyone here at the Zero Credit Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. I don't have any jokes. This is the part where I would put in a funny thing that John said, but he's not here, so I can't.